Alright, welcome guys to the first episode of the POV Podcast. Um, well, today... Actually, you tell them who you are. <laughs> that's, that's weird. Um, well, obviously they're going to be like, who the hell are they listening to? Well, they oh. know me. Like, probably. And now they're going to get to know me. Um. Well, firstly, let me start off and I'm going to say that like, she is definitely like one of my one of my favorite people obviously um but definitely 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 like one of my best friends 100 percent um go you go (laughs) that was cute um hi guys i'm anya for those of you who don't know obviously um and Tonight, I'm going to talk to also it's one It's 10.42pm, by the way. This is the time we're actually doing the podcast. But continue. Whatever. Um, tonight, we are going to talk a little about something called fibromyalgia. Yeah. So, I definitely... So, I brought... So, I wanted to speak to you first, like, as my first guest, obviously, for my podcast and I obviously share with you my ideas first right and uh, um, I obviously started this podcast for for the aim of sharing people's stories especially young people I mean like what you're 21 right now no? yeah so you're relatively young yourself you <laughs> <I> hope so <laughs> <laughs> um, you've gone through a lot of things in in life, I guess you can say that. I've had my fair. <laughs> I've had my fair amount of drama with regards to my life. True, but the things people don't know, and I feel like the reason why I asked you is because I feel like you can share a a, a lot. Like you, you can share a lot. Do you know that? I mean, I guess, but as long as it hopefully would help someone in the future, then then it's all good. Do then you it's want it. to help somebody in the future? I think, well, you'd know this, but I'm a very private person, so I don't tend to talk about stuff, especially regarding my condition, which is fibromyalgia, just because I feel like it's private. However, I do feel, um, as of lately, that by voicing my opinion and my experiences, it might help someone else, especially in the beginning stages, as I did not have that person mm-hmm. when I was first diagnosed. We didn't know what it was. No one could tell me it was going to be okay and what's going to happen after everything and all the doctor's appointments and what to expect. So it was freaky. But And this started when? I think... This started at a very early age. I got a lot of pain. I was in a lot of pain. I would go from doctor to doctor. Mm -hmm. Every time it would be the same thing. They would put me on antibiotics. They'd tell me the very common thing that I have the flu. Yeah, because the symptoms can be quite similar sometimes. And then in my first year, I had a sharp shooting pain in my back where I couldn't get out of my bed. And I called my mom back in Nam and I was like something's really really wrong like I really need to see a doctor now and I was rushed to the hospital Um, and just to give like like backstory or like some sort of 
like sort of some sort of information on that is that you had your exhibition that that year when this happened right yes however i was diagnosed about two months before that though in your first year yes in my first year i was diagnosed. before we actually became proper friends yes hmm. Hmm. are you sure i am because i never told anyone and I know this for a fact, because... You kept it from other people? Yes. I had a situation where the, the person who went with me that day to the doctor, um, when the doctor told me that this is what you have, that you have fibromyalgia, the person or my guardian or whatever actually made a joke out of it. And that was when I realized, like, who's going to take this seriously if they don't know? Mm-hmm. So I just never told anyone. Then eventually you and I became friends shortly after. And then I also started realizing like I can't keep this a secret because it is going to affect my daily life. And that's why you were the f- one of the first people who I told besides my parents now. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, now you know. Well, I feel honored. <laughs> um so but actually why I wanted to say give some backstory on that is because I thought it was I thought it was the exhibition that night when you had your exhibition where you actually got that that crazy pain you you couldn't you couldn't walk you couldn't like um you couldn't stand you were like don't drowsy conf- don't dizzy. confuse this was with last year because remember this is that, that's what I'm saying but that's what I'm saying at my, f- I was diagnosed in my first year. Yes, this I know. But I was saying, when you said sharp, sharp shooting pain in your back, I thought it was last year. That's why I was like, I wanted to give backstory because like, I was obviously involved in that night. So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to like, um, say something. But when you continue to speak, I obviously find out that it was first year. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Continue. So after first year when you told me and like your parents and your parents found out and then you were diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Um, it was scary because no one knew what it was. You didn't know? The doctors know? in Nam didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. When, Nam is Namibia. <laughs> obviously, for those um, of you who don't know. When I sat, I was in Paul when I was diagnosed. And when the doctor told me, you have fibromyalgia, I was so confused. Because that's a very big word. Like, it's, an it's odd scary. Term. And I don't have my mom with me. I didn't know what was going on with my body. Or I was feeling the way I would, like was. I was just scared. I was very freaked out. I didn't know what was going in on. In your first year. In yeah, it must, it must be. It must have been quite scary. It is, especially if when it comes to something affecting your body in a way that you can't even get out of bed, that starts to freak you out. Like, you have no idea what's going on, especially if it's a sudden thing. I mean, I've always had, like, the pain and stuff as a child, but no one could ever tell us it was fibromyalgia, so we always just assumed, like, ah. Everybody always treated it like it was the flu. Yeah, or I was being told that I stressed too easily, which was not the case. And that you over-exaggerate the symptoms and yes. that you... And I know you don't like that kind of stuff because people always think you don't, they don't take you seriously and they're like, yeah, you need to stop like 
bitching and moaning. Um, but meanwhile, like, it's such a serious thing. That's why I like, figured, like, I might as well keep it to myself. Because, I mean, no one took me seriously. Not even during high school. I mean, I had some of my best friends who thought I was joking when I told them something seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. It was only until they saw, like, my medication and stuff where they actually took me seriously. Like, I remember they walked in on me one night in my hostel while I was taking my meds and they were like, what, what are you drinking? Cause those aren't vitamins. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been trying to tell you guys like something's up, but you didn't want to listen, but okay. Um, I mean, for my parents, they also didn't always know. They didn't know what was going on. They took me from doctor to doctor every single time with the same result and it's still like that now because you would know with regards to last year's exhibition mm-hmm. it happened, that exact same story happened again i was like, rushed to the hospital only to be told that i have some kind of flu calling my mom back that in Namibia, and my mom is hysterical because we know that that's not the truth and we mm-hmm. know that doctors don't they don't know as much about fibromyalgia you have to go to a specialist mm-hmm. if you want for it to be diagnosed that's how i was diagnosed a lot of a lot of gps we've noticed that like or that you've told me of that they misdiagnose fibromyalgia and then they like don't even know what it is exactly and they don't know where it comes from they don't know how to treat it and to be quite honest fibromyalgia isn't diagnosed through blood tests or any of that because i've had my fair amount of blood tests i mean you know that Mm -hmm. every holiday i would while and complain about the amount of blood tests i had Mm. to go through and none of that would show fibromyalgia it was when i had to do physical tests when they tested the sensitivity of my hands and my back and it, that was that was very weird. I was like in this small white room with the doctor like poking me with stuff. It was so weird. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what it took to diagnose me, so I guess that's fine. But you went to a specialist, right? Yes, because the do- my GP and Paul, she said like clearly we're missing something. So she'd feel much better if I were to go to a specialist because something is wrong. And she's like, she's known me from my early ages. Like I was very small when I met her. So she knew that I wasn't just talking shit, basically. Something really was up. Mm -hmm. But she couldn't figure out what. And my blood tests didn't show anything besides the obvious. And... um, that's when she sent me to the specialist, also in Paul. Don't ask me to pronounce his name because it's very difficult. And I wasn't even in there for half an hour before he said, like, listen, this is fibromyalgia. And the chances are the Damn. doctors aren't going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be able to help you because there is no cure for it. Mm-hmm. Or not now. There's treatments, trial treatments, but it's not guaranteed that it's going to work for you. So we basically had to go from that. Then we had to go do our own research. My parents started contacting people in Australia. I remember my mom spending nights like Skyping with doctors from Australia and America. Doctors? Yeah. For real? Yeah. 
she she saw um groups and stuff on facebook and then she was obviously skeptical because you don't always know how legit they are mm-hmm. but then she got into contact with them with because, on facebook yes on facebook <laughs> that's what i'm saying like those facebook groups like those support groups and stuff oh. she got into them like they accepted fibromyalgia support groups yes because i didn't i didn't want anything to do with it the first six months after I found out that ah, it is fibromyalgia, I didn't want anything to do with that. I was given the opportunity to go for counseling and all of those things. My parents said, mm-hmm. like, let's do it. Let's help you work through this. They were just as scared as I was. We, we cried a lot. We cried a lot. And you're the only child. Exactly. And... It was a struggle to get me in the first True. place. So for them to find out that she has this unknown, we don't know if it's a disorder, a, a disease, disease yeah. a syndrome, we don't know what it is. And every person's definition of it's going to differ. So it was Yeah, based emotional. on opinion, yeah. It was a very emotional roller coaster the first six months. And I didn't want to talk about it, not to my parents, not to my friends, not to anyone. I didn't want to see counselors i didn't want to go to support groups i didn't want anything to do with that I mean, but it's because you still have to process and stuff right yeah i mean i mean you you just find out boom you're diagnosed with this thing and you don't even know what you have um many doctors don't even like recognize it or or not recognize it but they don't even like they don't even know what it is so well, I, I, I mean it, i can understand why you were scared being a first year, you're away from home, it's completely new, new people, new environment, everything's new, you're studying a new course, which is totally different from high school with regards to your subjects and your times and the hours that you have to put in, mm-hmm. so everything is, it needs some getting used to, you have to make new friends and start all over, now this happens and it basically denied me a normal student life because I couldn't do what normal Normal. students could have done because I can't stay on my feet for that long. It was a struggle to get through one day at a time with regards to my classes, actually doing my work and then having... This is when in first year when you actually had like class from like eight to four Almost every single bloody day. Oh, yes. And then, obviously, a lot of work afterwards. Because mm-hmm. in Namibia or in Ochivarongo and Chumep, I never had classes such as graphic design. Whereas in South Africa, it is actually a subject in school. So I had to work. I didn't know that. Well, now you do. My entire class was ahead of me in that <laughs> department. They either had drawing or art. Um, Why didn't you have art? I don't know. My school did not have that as a subject. What? You had it like in grade six and seven, but oh, never, we didn't. But that's not. That, that, but that's purely like art. Art like that's exactly. not. <laughs> I had I had art at an early age, like after school. Now this had nothing to do with school. I had art classes, like but that external, doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't count because I had to stop with that because my schedule in high school became so busy what with me getting really involved with acting and modeling and those kinds of things. So uh-huh. I, 
I had to choose. And you were going to LA and those kinds of places. Yes. I had what? To... World champs, is it? Or what? Stuff like that. Yeah, the world champs for performing arts. I had, to, I had to drop a lot of my hobbies. That's why I had to stop with gymnastics. I had to stop um, learning the guitar. I actually had a guitar and everything. I still I have it. I remember you telling me this stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I never could go through with it because there wasn't enough hours in a day for everything. That happened to me, actually. Because... In high school, grade 12 was freaking me, like, it was freaking me out. Like, it really was freaking me out. And I was doing MMA, and I was doing guitar. And I was doing guitar since the 6th grade. And in 12th grade, I was like, nah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, it felt forced. And I don't mm-hmm. like to be forced. I don't like doing something I don't want to do. And I was just hit over the head with, like, this MMA thing. But what I'm trying to say is that because grade 12 was like so much work, you know, it was freaking me out. I had little time for many things, you know, and, and like, you get what I'm saying? So then mm. I, my mom and I decided like, look, I also have to like drop guitar and yeah, so I also drop guitar and I haven't picked it up since. I know, because I've been trying to force you. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I should... I don't know. Well, well, I'll get to that again. But this is my thing. Be, like, coming back to your fibromyalgia, right? Yeah. Nah? Mm-hmm. You said, you told me that only 2% of the, of the world's population has it, has this. Yes, and it's predominantly found with women. It's diagnosed in women. Men really have fibromyalgia. The only person I know of Morgan is Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Yes, but I do also know that Lady Gaga has it. No, she had to, like, I remember... Cancel a world tour or yeah. one of some of her concerts because of it. Because and she I think even... she did a Netflix series, My Life with Fibromyalgia, or something like that. Lady Gaga? Yeah, she did a short series about it. I read Didn't Morgan Freeman do something like that also? No, I don't know, but I know he's like a spokesperson for it. Oh, so he raises awareness for it. Yeah, tries to. It's difficult because there's a reason fibromyalgia is called the invisible illness. I mean, how many the times... The invisible illness. Yeah, they call it the invisible illness, most people. Uh-huh. Others call it invisible disorder. Actually, it's... why don't we like... Like, why don't you tell me... Oh, why don't we just tell them, basically, the, peop- the, the people listening that what is fibromyalgia like like definitely they probably already google search this <laughs> you know if they've heard of, of fibromyalgia like i mean when i found out what it was when you told me i was like what the uh, i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> like for real i was like what 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 are you telling me um i remember googling it and i was reading this and i was like what oh you're like affecting the nervous system and like widespread pain and tenderness in your muscles yes and pins and needles in your hands hypersensitivity to weather to materials yeah that's one thing you can't you can't determine whether something's like really hot or really cold yeah i mean i I still struggle with that i mean Mm -hmm. i tell you this on a regular um that i would get into a shower and 
I won't realize that it's steaming hot until five minutes after the shower when I actually look down at my feet and they're red and swollen and tingly. Oh, wow. And then I realized, ah, oh, maybe that was a little bit too hot, hey? Yeah. So it's always a little bit too late <laughs> to realize that, listen, this is too hot or this is too cold. Well. Or it's like the other way around. Sometimes we're like, when it's, like, when it's hot, like weather-wise. Um, you feel it like then it's like you're super sensitive like there's no balance like in a normal person like it's either it's super sensitive or it's like delayed yeah very very delayed but the thing with the with it being super sensitive though is like when it is that hot it gives you this feeling of a fire underneath your skin like, not even, like, it doesn't feel like your skin is burning. It feels like a fire underneath the skin, which makes it itch, and that makes it sensitive. That's why whenever someone touch me, like, whenever they touch me, I burn. It feels like they're pressing my skin down into the fire. That's why That's I don't like to... I know, but... Yeah. It sounds harsh and it actually sometimes I feel like it sounds worse than it is, but I feel like it's just because I've gotten used to it. But that's what it's like, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just your normal now or my normal. But one thing I obviously picked up is that, um, for example, when I see you, like I remember in, in first year and second year, like in first year, and like beginning second year, beginning to mid second year, I was had to do, I was had to like remind myself that like when I greet you like with a hug or whatever, I shouldn't like um basically squeeze you too hard, or I should be like gen- basically I should be gentle, because your muscles like accessensitive bluey <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I would notice that like you'd like hunch forward like. You know, and it's kind of my way of protecting myself, self defense. Because I yeah, think but it's because it like your be shoulders, added, your shoulders, shoulders and, and your back, traps, and your traps, your traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your I know, back. but your back as well, lower back. Those lower are back. your high. They those are the most sensitive areas, normally, mm-hmm. with regards to spasms. So what happens is like your muscles are basically in spasms ninety five percent of your day. And I mean, you know this. You know how rock solid my shoulders are most of the time. That's true. Especially with my back as well. I've gone to massages where they couldn't determine what's my rib and what's my muscle. Cause what? I know it's weird. I had I was on the I was on the massage table because. Okay, that's, this you haven't told me. I know, but it's like it's weird because my mom used to treat me like that as a way of like trying to help me to mm-hmm. relax the muscles. Because you know, I did the like shock treatment where they tried to shock my yeah. muscles and stuff like that. So I used to go for massages every holiday. Um, and I remember lying on the massage table, and this lady starts to elbow me. <laughs> And she's just like, wait, this can't be your muscle. Like, you're too tiny and too small and, you know, yeah, I'm too you're delicate. Short. Yeah, you're short. You're short, girl. Yeah, like, I'm too delicate for it for his muscle to be that hard. So it was very confusing to her. But I've noticed, like, you would always tell me, like, please press my shoulders or something because 
like it just hurts and obviously like it's just weird you can't press your shoulders especially when your thing goes into like such a spasm mm-hmm. and like i always like give my mother like these neck massages and like her shoulders and stuff like that sometimes i even do with my sister like if she asks cuz like you know and i would know like believe me i know when it's like this is really hard <laughs> like this is where i'm using a strength as a guy you know like on a go and usually like my sister then like my mom specifically she, like she'll just like be like no you like you you you're pressing me too hard like and all of that and um you would be like go full force like to the point where i'm like breaking a sweat or to where i'm like holy shit how are you not getting sore cuz i'm pressing you so hard i'm hurting like my finger or like i'm hurting like my forearms are getting stuff or something you know yeah i and, remember uh, remember with the shock treatment thing they they put the same um thing on my dad but they like they placed it on both of us and then they put oh, the frequency was it was it what was this the the shock treatment where you put your hand in the glove then it that's like... one of it like but you get patches that they put on you and that shocks your muscles in specific areas oh yes 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 so what they did was they put you get four on a machine so they put two on my dad's side and two on my side mhm and that would help it being the same frequency and we'd feel it at the same time and what not and there was a point where my dad's shoulders like it was pulled up until his like ears cuz he couldn't anymore cuz that's when his muscles actually started to like pull into a spasm because it was too hectic and i was just sitting there looking at my dad all chilled like and i was like dude like, this every day <laughs> like nothing's happening and i remember like my dad's like i can't go further like you have to take it off and they took it off of him and they had to put like all four on me and they had to put it on the highest and i mean i showed you guys with the gloves as well like all of your reactions yeah. with the gloves were hilarious and for me that's like a nice massage you know yeah man i remember we were in the oh obviously we, we used to be in the hostel together and where you got these gloves because you'd also like this is when your hands started to be affected a lot Mm-hmm. Right, because usually fibromyalgia goes from one place to, like it's in your whole body, but sometimes it's just that specific spot in your body just gets affected so deeply that oh, like you can say fibromyalgia tends to spread like a cancer almost because my pain like started in my back, and as it progressed, it went from my back to my shoulders to my hands, my knees, my ankles, all my joints. Then mm-hmm. I started getting the headaches. Then I started getting the fibro fog, which causes me to become forgetful at times. And yeah, like you, you look like you're on a trip. Very confused and off balance. <laughs> yeah, I know this. <laughs> the, the and just for you guys to understand is that what fibro fog is 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 literally what it is. It's like it's like a brain is in this. fog <laughs> like it literally is like that like it's literally like she's on a trip it's like she's literally on this trip and i'm like why do, are you fine and i remember like when you were on this you were like i am fine 
Don't worry about me. Just take me to McDonald's. Well, and I, and I, no, like really. And I was like, is this girl drunk? Is this girl like, because the way you're moving, you're like, it's like too much flow, you know? Everything just had too much flow. The words are too much flow. The bo- like the body language are too much flow. The eyes when it's dumb. Yeah, but you have to and, understand, um, like at that point, everything becomes like so much effort. That's why the other night when like I when felt it becomes like heavy. yeah, the other nights when I felt so ugh as well. Mm-hmm. When like I just thought I stopped talking because I felt like it took so much energy. And I'm trying to preserve my energy because I want to be awake, you know. I wanted mm-hmm. to watch a movie and whatnot. And I'm just like, oh, I can't, man. It's literally getting to this point. And I know when I have my bad days at home as well, my parents already know. Like, I have my way of showing them. When I go to my room with, for example, my laptop or a load of DVDs and I take, like, a lot of fluids with me with like juice or coke because obviously that's what I need to help me get my energy up Mm. then they know like oh no she's starting to feel bad so then they're just gonna leave me because I don't feel like talking because I shut all my windows I need it to be dark because the light hurts it gives me the biggest headache so I close everything off I play my music or I put a movie on in the background Mm -hmm. and I just roll up in my blankie because that like that provides comfort and I like fall between dozens of pillows that's how I get lost and that's how I eventually feel better like if you leave me there then I'll get out of it by myself like I know how to handle it when it gets to that point Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's it's difficult for people who are around me a lot when they have to see it. I remember my mom's first time experiencing it. It was hard on her because I was already used to it by the time I went home for the first time. Because I had to be in Cape Town while dealing with it. Yeah, and she sees this for the first time, first hand. Yes, and that was like a month or two or three after I was diagnosed. And then I was just like... "Mm." Mark and chill. Like this is this is what's gonna happen. Like this yeah. is our new normal. Like deal with it, cause we can't do anything about it. I mean, I used to go to get my neurobion shots because they thought that was gonna help with energy levels. Mm-hmm. You know, my vitamins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That didn't help jack shit. <laughs> like it meant nothing. So we stopped with that eventually. Like I guess it's gonna. It's going to differ from person to person with regards to what's going to help them. This is true. Where I see a lot of people say that exercise makes it worse for them. Whereas for me, it helps me to relax that more. Okay. Not hard exercise, like going for a walk or stuff like that. Yeah. I told you in our second year, we went for walks a lot because it helped me. Mm Mm-hmm. Do share more about it because what I want you to share is like I want you to give really like what you told me about like your um how you like you obviously are in pain a lot, right? Yeah. And I know like people are always gonna think, and this is what I thought. I was just like, this girl just gets 
these messed up spasms and like her body is just you know too heavy for her sometimes where it's like she she's awake but her body is just so heavy for her if like you said everything feels like it's uh um too much effort and all of that like but what fibromyalgia does is that one th- and i didn't know is that one when like something's too bright you like for, with regards to your eyes like you said you close your your blinds or like your uh your windows and stuff because uh or you close your curtains rather uh because like it hurts your eyes like you feel physical pain because it hurts your eyes um sound sound like i know that you for example people slurping their coffee or a drink or whatever that physically hurts you and it hurts your ears that's oh. something i didn't know you have to remember then, because I have a delayed sense in my touch because I don't necessarily feel everything. I don't know if you remember, but in my first year, I used to tell you, you can pinch my hands and I wouldn't feel anything. Oh, oh I remember this. So Actually, what I forgot. happens when, they take a, when someone takes a sense away? The others get heightened. Exactly. That's basically what happens. So that's also why I still, to this day, I would get into a shower I won't realize how hot this water actually mm. is or I burn myself at the stove and I still don't realize I just burnt myself. I yeah. only realize later on when I see the like blister. Yeah, blister. Yeah. Tell me that story again of when you were uh, writing an exam and this girl in your class was sitting behind you and because she was breathing so loudly it was hurting you so much to where you actually started crying in the exam because it was so painful I, I, I was like I didn't know you could feel that kind of pain if you get what I'm saying I know I mean it's it's a thing of because you're so incredibly sensitive now you're in this exam hall with so many children and you are obviously surrounded by them in front of you, behind you, next to you. And you have someone walking around 24-7. Like, all senses are alert, you know. You have the different smells, the different sounds. Everything is just all over the place. And I had this Does one that overwhelm girl. You? Yes, it's very overwhelming. I can't take too much at a time. It has to... You have to gradually get me into it. Mm-hmm. It just can't go like bam that's why i prefer going earlier as well just to get used to my everything and see who's with me behind me next to me and that's usually when i write exams i wait for everyone to sit then i choose where i want to go sit because by now you'd know like where's safe mm. like i prefer i don't like sitting in the middle and i don't like sitting in the front yeah that's it's true i, I noticed that when you were in, a, in some exam walls like you'd always sit at the back and i prefer sitting somewhere where no one's next to me yeah 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 you always have a table by yourself yeah you see i'm smart like that so (laughs) what what happened is this girl she's a very i don't know whether or not she was sick or whatever but she was a very heavy breather and she coughed coughed uh, whatever the entire time and it was just it was loud and it was constant and i i think i even told you like i started counting it as well yeah i remember because i sat a few tables behind you but i didn't like obviously like i didn't hear anything i was just doing my exam but i just saw you want i saw you want like liquor like i I just saw you want 
it got so frustrating because it felt like I couldn't, first of all, I couldn't hear myself think anymore because to me, it's like, this is on a stereo, you know? I It felt see. like someone was right next to me, like... Like it's all just sound amplified. Yes, and it, it actually hurts. Like, you know when something's like a screeching sound, but it's so high that it... Like might... someone's scratching a chalkboard. Yeah, something like that. Like that. It's, that's the sensation that it gives off. And then, like, everything oh. else gets tensed up. And then my hands start to react. And that's and something shoulders. you don't want when writing an exam. If your hands start acting up. What, that's what, do you mean, what do you mean by acting up? Acting up. So with my hands, two things normally happen. It's either... Actually, three things. Either I don't have feeling in it at all, where you can pinch me and I just don't feel it. Um, wow. Or I get pins and needles, which is... Horrible. I hate it, especially if I have to do practical exams. Is, is it like um, when you... It's like someone takes a needle and just like continuously stabs you like in your hand. Okay, that's way more aggressive than what I was going to explain it. But... Oh, well, that's the only what? way I can think of. Because it's like fast, oh, wow. prickling sensations, especially mm. on your fingertips. And then the other one, oh, this one I the hate. The third one is it feels like your hands are on fire. And I mean, you've seen it. When my hands feel like that, I start... Like your hands these... become incredibly red. Yes, like it and really it's looks like, but it really No, but it really looks like you are burning. Exactly. That's the funny part. Like, um, when you tell me like... And you uh, can put it on like, under a running tap or anything, and it's not going to help. I've put my hands on like ice packs and everything. That's why I have them at home, but it doesn't help. It doesn't mm. help at all. That's I think that's that would be one of the first reasons if ever I would start to cry during an exam. Especially when if your it's hands like if you write a three hour exam and this happens, it's it's not nice. Especially I can see if how you that have can to be suffer torture. through it. And then you have all of these other things that play in like that play a role. You still have the sounds around you. Then you have and like you said, that overwhelming um, environment of the people, like this lecturer walking around or whatever, and like this guy sneezing, this guy coughing, this chick imagine. behind you breathing like a freaking werewolf, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know. And you also know that exam is very cold. That. You know this; it's very cold it's inside. So, so what cold. happens to me when it's cold? I get spasms in my shoulders and my back. Yeah, that like it I said, you don't do well with, with, with weather change. Oh no, it's horrible. That's why when I go back home, ugh, the first two days, it's a struggle. Yeah, you, you're basically bedridden for two days. Exactly, it's like an extreme jet lag for just an hour's flight, but okay. <laughs> so imagine the confusion when it's actually so cold, your shoulders are in a spasm, but your hands are on fire. Like, that's very confusing to your body to understand. Like, it's reacting because it's mm -hmm. cold, yet it's reacting because it feels like it's on fire. Wow. Like, so that's very... It's, I almost want to say, like, it's disturbing because everything is so off balance. Nothing makes sense. And there was a point where I was thinking to myself, this can't be normal. Is this really what fibromyalgia is? Then I would mm -hmm. go on to the support groups. Then I would see, like... People okay, are saying no. the same things, right? Yes, especially I remember saying that 
I don't know if I told you, but I was like, oh, my, my joints are swollen. Like, I couldn't understand my knees, my ankles. Mm. And I was like, is this something to do with just with me physically, not with regards to fibromyalgia now? And then I would see on the group, but a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, this is normal. It's fine. So it's gotten to a point where, like, you get scared. Because you don't know what's going on until and you And then go... you Google symptoms, then you find out, like, you die <laughs> two days yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> not only that, I'm lucky enough, my GP back home got very interested in my situation. Your GP? Yes. I mean, he's been my doctor since I was a little kid. So, since I've been diagnosed, he's been doing a lot of research on it. He's not fully equipped with all the knowledge of fibromyalgia. But my point is he does a lot of effort just so that I always go to him during every holiday just to do my normal tests to make sure that everything is still fine to mm-hmm. make up for, for the areas which are obviously lacking now. Yeah. So he would read up on stuff and then he'd be like, for interest's sake, tell me this and this and this. I just want to understand it better. So that was basically my first year of appointments with him. And now it can go to a place where I can go to him and I can tell him, listen, I'm feeling this and this. Like, do you think that there's something that I can do to help me right now? Um, is there something I can eat or drink? Should I just go rest? What should I do? Should I maybe even exercise for that matter? And he's really helped me a lot with regards to that. Because also remember, um, with fibromyalgia, there's certain exercises that you're not allowed to do because it's too harsh on your body. And the moment you feel a pain when exercising, you have to stop, which is unusual because normally you have to then slow it down, you know, get affirming and whatnot. Mm-mm-mm. That's not like the case. Fibromyalgia, you stop. If you feel that pain, you stop. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You pack up, you're done. And Why? Why? It gets dangerous at that point. How when, dangerous? When it comes to your muscles and then there's pain and then you continue, you can hurt yourself permanently. In what way? How? I, I how? never tested that. I never tested that theory. I just well, left I'll, it at I'll that. Not, I would hope you won't. Exactly, because I've never, I don't, I don't feel like exercising when I feel bad to that extent mm. when it comes to like my when it comes specifically to my back pains and my shoulder pains then I'll just leave it because that's a bit sensitive for me you know they say to leave it because what happens then is because remember your your nerves um they're running overtime and your senses so now you're going to keep on pushing in the gym you have this pain and you're going to keep on pushing and you're going to force your body to go into this overdrive and then right after that it's like you're falling actually no you know what's gonna happen last year's exhibition close to that just worse than what happened with to me at last year's exhibition it's like you're because i worked and i worked i did a lot of heavy lifting i wanted to help with the decor i wanted to help carry the boxes and everything and I didn't listen to my body it's like when burning it's out like heavy. times 100 but you can hurt your muscles in that sense then 
because mm-hmm. they're already acting up and you don't stop even though it's giving you the warning signs uh-huh. that's when you start to hurt them and then it's like a permanent spasm that just doesn't want to go away oh oh wow yeah well moving on to the next thing is clothes Shame. My poor parents. The amount of clothes <laughs> I've gone through in the past two years, I've had situations where I was in class and then suddenly my clothes would hurt me like so much. Then I had to drive all the way to the hostel, change clothes and go back to class. And I sometimes Like had a to full outfit, right? Yes. <laughs> then I had I, I think I've had three situations. Or something, but it was last year where I changed like three times a day. Uh, what? Yes, I had situations like that. I didn't know this. Yeah, but our classes differed quite a lot last year. Uh, oh, that's true. Let me put it this way. I would go to class in one outfit. When I come to pick you up, I quickly changed. Oh, I remember that. But did I was thinking when like, I it drop cold you off, or it would be too warm or something. And sometimes when I drop you off. And go back because I had a lot of full days last year. Yeah. And change again. Wow. What it basically is, is your skin is hypersensitive. You can't wear anything. I had to throw away and sensitive half to certain of my materials. Clothes. Yes. And it's weird because sometimes something can be too soft. Too no, soft? Yeah, I told you this. Remember when we went shopping the other day? And we walked around and you gave me something and I was like, this is too soft. It's going to hurt me. And you looked at me. Oh, wasn't it when, you, this, was, this was when we, me, you and my sister went to cotton on and you were looking for something for winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were looking for something for winter. And then I showed you something. You asked me, wait, isn't this like, yeah, I thought that hard? would hurt your skin because even that felt like it was this hard, like knit. And mm-hmm. I was like, this would irritate me. I think it really depends. Like, I can't wear anything that has, like, that sparkly kind of texture in it. Because that itches. It scratches my skin and it, it's just itchy. Mm. Like, anything. You get rashes from Yes. It. Oh, yes. This you know. Like, mm. it's it's horrible. Um, I can't, I can't wear jeans at all. Because... Yeah, this I know, this I know. Because I've asked you, like, why don't you just wear a jean? Like, a jean you can wear, like, as a student, back to back to back. I used to like, jeans way back when. I think the last time I actually wore a jean was grade 9. I was grade 9. I'm 21 now. That's the last time I actually wore a jean. Because I started seeing, like, this these rashes on my legs and then it that starts to bleed and stuff like that Ble- and it yes. oh yes I think you saw you yes I saw like parts. once on your leg and then I was like I know like what the are you scratching yourself like because it looked like you were excessively scratching yourself like and there were these like red little it actually looks little, like something from a horror dots. scene <laughs> no man no don't exaggerate like that um you gotta spice it. <laughs> um well yeah and it just looked like this red little like a lot of red dots on your on your skin and i was like okay wait why is it, what's this and then if i don't react to it 
fast enough, that's when it gets more sensitive. And then when the gene moves over it, it mm. kind of scratches it and causes it to open up. That's why it would bleed. That's why I haven't worn a jean like in forever because they itch, they burn. It's a living nightmare to wear a jean. It's yeah. really horrible. Um, tight things. I can't really always wear tight things, especially when they're long sleeves. And I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I know that most people with fibromyalgia say this. We don't like sleeves. We hate them because they're, again, in the shoulder area, which is our most sensitive area. Mm-hmm. And then also you've seen my the rashes I get on my arms. It's because yeah. of that. It's because of sleeves because they irritate us. So it's it's rather confusing, actually. You just never know to what extent you'll be able to wear something before it starts to hurt you. Mm-hmm actually kind of freaky like you can only wear something for so long then i'd be like oh we gotta go home i gotta change now it's when we go on holiday like in december when my parents came when we came down to cape town again for christmas yeah i'd pack an extra set of clothes when we went out for the day like when we went to hermanas and stuff like that so i could change whenever i felt like yeah, and really this is your day. Yeah. And even so, like you can't you I know that you can't even you can't be out for a full day. Like sometimes actually, no, not all the time. Like it's it's actually rare, but it when it happens it's it's I know it's serious. It's gonna depend um, on the weather. It's gonna yeah. depend on what you wear, it's gonna depend on whether you've eaten that day, whether you've had enough fluids. Whether, whether you've gotten sugar in, because I think you've realized this by now, whenever I feel yeah, give me anything with sugar in. This is true. Like, I remember um, the other day, not the other day, but it was like, almost before the, before the June, July holiday, basically, or mm. in, in between it. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, you became so... Like, so weak. And I was like, Anya, are you fine? Because we had a full-on conversation. We were chilling. And and then next thing I know, like, you are just so weak. And I was like, Anya, are you fine? Are you just tired or anything? And then you were like, you just said sugar. sugar. And I was like, whoa. And I don't think I've ever, like, jumped up so quickly. <laughs> to get me coke of all things. Right? <laughs> and I went to go get you coke. And you know, I don't, I don't like giving you coke. I, I really don't. Like I just so much sugar, man. I just don't like it. Um, and I can't take gas. And like when somebody drinks gas, like it's freaking like when they drink it, like it's water. Like when it just like flushes down, like it's water down the throat. <laughs> it just I just feel that burn, you know. And you enjoy a coke, and so obviously I get you the coke, and I I I, I ask. I almost freaked out because I was like. One, I know that you have low blood sugar mm-hmm. and that um, you have this whole fibromyalgia thing and whatnot. So I was kind of freaking out a bit. And then just before, like, I, I, I kid you not, this is, and I have told you kind of, I don't know if you remember, but just before I freaked out, <laughs> like just before I freaked out, I was like, whoa, you don't even have time to freak out. 
because this girl is basically she needs you right now like just to get her like this thing and for you to freak out is going to waste a lot of time so i it was so weird it's like i put my what i was feeling or what i was going through to the side like it was literally to the side of my brain and then i went to go get you this coke came back gave you the coke and then yeah you obviously did so much better after that and just gave uh, me time to rest yeah i gave you like a few few a good few hours Mm-hmm. Like to maybe leave me to like sleep. two, three, and then you then you were good. Um, I obviously uh freaked out like, the f- not freaked out, but it yeah I kind of freaked out the first time, and uh, but I got so used to it like, I think that's just how I could put it to the side. Well, I think it helped the fact that there was a time where I told you, like, just go do research on your own as well. Because I told this I to my close... Research. I told this to my close friends. And I'm like, especially with my goals at college as well, just so they know that when they see me, that's how they're going to know. And I've told you this before as well. You'll be able to see in my face if I've had a bad night with regards to pain or mm. I couldn't sleep Such because of liar. pain. <laughs> I'm a bad liar, I know, but... my some people fall for it so easily. My face gives everything away in my eyes as well. You'll yeah. see it in me. And I feel like the fact that you did research... I mean, there's a lot of symptoms besides the fibro fog and the pains. Like, we do sleep a lot. We have a very, very low amount of energy. Like it's This just... is true. Because sometimes you'd sleep for so long. Like, I'm, like I would be... We would be so shocked, like, um, like the guy side of when we still used to, when we used to stay in the hostel, we we obviously had our friends that side, like, but the boy side, we would be like, hey man, like, let's go get Anya, like, I know she would maybe want to go, like, go to the mall or something with us and not whatnot, and when we go, you'd be sleeping, and we'd be gone for like six hours, <laughs> come back and you'd still be sleeping, and this is like, after a full night's rest. Like, no, you wouldn't even wake up. You'd go sleep, like, at 8 p.m. Wake, not even wake up the next morning, and you'd wake up at, like, sometimes 12, you know? I wanted to say, like, my record has been I've woken up at 3. And, and then I'll, yeah, after going to bed at, like, at 10. And then I was still able to go back to bed at 10 or 11-ish. And I th- I actually think that was this year. It was somewhere this year. Yeah. I feel like it was after that um weekend I had the model shoots and stuff going on. Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. When I came back I was just so April. tired from everything. Yeah, that I just I told my parents, listen, don't freak out or anything, but I'm gonna be offline for a good while. I stocked up on drinks and stuff and I just left it next to my bed so I didn't even have like I didn't have to stand go up for, and for, go look for stuff. For. I had everything that I needed right there and I was just out. Yeah, you get like that after you exert a lot of Every energy. Every once in a while. If you yeah. get too excited from something, it really drains you. So That's you true. really have to work on keeping your emotions at a neutral. If you get a little bit excited or a little bit upset or aggravated, I was trying to. Hard. Uh, you know, there's like every time I see you get excited, I usually I'd like I'll, I'll just allow you, or I would uh, you know get excited with you, but you know I always just keep like like okay I'm really like, I'll just be like so Debbie Downer, and then you'd be like oh man just 
just let me be excited. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, you want to be excited now so you can sleep another 13 hours, like, you know? <laughs> so that's why like, I always try to like, not break your excitement, Thunder. but like, I'd rather just keep you mellow, like, or just keep you, uh, like, keep, it, keep it, keep I'm it low. Not, I'm not allowed to get excited and I'm, even if I'm in stressful situations, it's so hard, especially last year with my, with my car accident and I had you and my mom with me and you were just like, oh, you need to chill, it's fine, just relax, just relax, just to help me and then right after we got, like, we got back from the police station. You guys just took me to go get me some coke and food into <laughs> my body just to get me back up. I remember I even used... I was watching YouTube. I was in my pajamas. You called me. You were in a car accident. I didn't even have a car at that time. And I was like, uh, what the hell? And this hell? was just and when I got my car. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell, man? How am I... And so I took an Uber with like my last like 50 bucks, <laughs> like my last 50 or 70 bucks. And I was like, you know what? Uh, it's fine. You know, M- my mother will give me more money for like trying to help a friend or something. And uh, yeah, I, rem- I remember I ran out in traffic. That was actually a crazy week. If you I ran out in it. traffic. You have to understand. I ran out in traffic at that. I don't um, think you, rem- you remember that this. that crazy remember- robot? Yeah, but remember... Right, uh, three days before my accident, not three days, a week before my accident, my mom called you and she had you tell me that my parents were in the car accident because they didn't want to tell me. That's true. eh? That was, it was a crazy week because they called you to tell me because they thought that would be the best way because they were also still at the hospital so they couldn't do a lot of talking. That's true. And I remember you telling me they had a tiny accident because you told me what they told you. Yeah. But in reality, it was it actually was a um, mother of an accident. It was a crazy and then accident. They my bumped mom, a cow. Yeah, they bumped a cow. It was, it was hectic. On a bridge. Like head on. Like head on. On a bridge. At night. Yeah, it was hectic. And then a week later... My mom is supposed to fly back the Saturday morning because she came down to Cape Town to like show me she's okay. And then the Friday morning, I call her on my way to class and I'm like, listen, I was just in an accident, my first ever accident for that matter. And then I called you and I had to call my dad for the insurance company. And then the next day, my mom flew back. And then that day, your mom and sister arrived in Cape Town. That's true, yeah. And I remember we still went to Justin Bieber and I was so freaked out <laughs> driving in town because it was so, like... Yeah, it was quite hectic. I mean, it was a hectic week and then you have to go to a concert. Yeah. And all those people. And <laughs> man, oh man. Just a day in the life, eh? Well, um... Wow, like we we spoke for a good while. Um, so uh, we're gonna end it there. Um, thank you for listening to the first episode of the POV podcast. Um, well, I always want to thank you for being here. Always a pleasure. And uh, if you guys liked it, definitely subscribe to the to the podcast. There's definitely gonna be more. And uh, this is just the beginning. So uh, thank you. <laughs>